Welcome to today's episode. We are going to take a little bit of a deeper dive into my journey um, running a business with ADHD. So pause. I promise you do not have to actually have ADHD to enjoy this episode. You might just appreciate how maybe you are someone who is just very busy. You have a busy mind. Go, go, go. Maybe you tend to run a little more on the anxious side. Whatever that is, you also tend to maybe have a busy mind. So learn how this has impacted me, kind of my work career journey, and ultimately my business, and then also stay for some practical tips, strategies, and tools. Thanks for being here. Let's dive in. Hello. Welcome to Awaken with Maria Service. Stress less, find yourself, and smile more. This podcast is for high-achieving, multi-talented women or busy moms who are tired of trying to do it all at the expense of relationships, poor sleep, and less joy. Or maybe you're just simply looking for more stress management and resilience tools to navigate life challenges with greater ease. In any case, you're in the right spot. I'm your host, Maria Service, resilience coach, anxiety management specialist, and more, here to help you stress less and smile more. All right. So today I'm going to spill the tea on what it's like to have a busy mind, a busy brain, um, and kind of how that impacts career slash business, home life, all the things. As I mentioned, I do have ADHD. And so if you're listening, maybe you have learned as well that you also have ADHD. One thing I want to say that this episode will not be um, is that this is not intended to be like a... I don't know. I don't want you to self-diagnose yourself with ADHD. I want you to take this as more me sharing my journey and giving you some practical tips on things that just might help you if you have a busy mind as well. Um, I want you to know that, you know, this is not really like a deeper dive into ADHD itself. Do you have it? Do you not? Um, I'm not going to get into all the medical nitty gritty, just my experience. And you're going to hear a little bit about my perspective on this in general. And just know that this is just my perspective. I do have an occupational therapy background. Uh, I've worked in kind of the mental health arena for the last three to four, kind of five years. And I have some experience taking continuing ed courses and different things around this topic. But that said, I won't claim to be an ADHD expert, more that I have some knowledge about it. I have some personal experience with it and I want to share my thoughts. So thanks for being here. Let me just say, so I want to backpedal and give you some background then for my journey with this. And I also want to say in general, whether we're talking about an ADHD diagnosis or, or let's say like getting a formal mental health diagnosis. So maybe if you're listening, maybe you have or have not gotten a formal mental health diagnosis, such as depression, anxiety, complex trauma, borderline personality disorder, whatever that is. So I just want you to know that it's very medical model based to operate out of, you know, going into the doctor, 
reporting that you have XYZ problems. And then, you know, depending on the professional that they're seeing, that you're seeing, you might get a formal diagnosis. And oftentimes um, a diagnosis uh, in particular, especially like ADHD or a mental health diagnosis is going to come from a skilled professional. And oftentimes they might be using something called the DSM, which if I, I should probably make sure, but I'm pretty sure that's the diagnostics statistics manual, something like that. But they're using like this formal book that comes out. And really, in essence, it is saying that based on research, based on evidence, um, like, for example, for someone to have anxiety, they have to be able to check off so many boxes of symptoms to qualify for that diagnosis. Like, say, maybe generalized anxiety disorder has its own compilation of checkboxes or symptoms that someone, you know, who's kind of assessing your situation, they need to check, check, check. Yep. Okay. This looks like generalized anxiety disorder or similarly with ADHD. Check, check, check. Yep. It checks a lot of these boxes from the evidence. This supports that it appears to be ADHD or, you know, to be honest, maybe you've been to the doctor, whether it was for a physical or mental health reason. And maybe they've even said to you, well, you know, you don't, you don't check all the boxes, but I'm going to say this is likely X. You know, it's likely that you, I don't know, broke your foot. It's likely you have ADHD, but maybe they can't say definitively you have that diagnosis. The reason I say all of this is that obviously there is a, there is a place for this medical model where you go in, you get assessed, you get the diagnosis. And I think it can feel sometimes helpful to know oh, okay, this is what I have. This is what this is. It can sometimes almost help, you know, give a name to like, oh, that's like my ADHD brain or, oh, that's just my anxiety coming out. There also can be, so other benefits of getting a formal diagnosis could also be, it can connect you to community. So maybe once you realize you have a formal diagnosis of anxiety or ADHD or POTS or fibromyalgia or just something, it can sometimes start to make you feel connected to a community, a community of other people who are living with this. And, you know, you can make some connection and ultimately hopefully find some tips and tools and strategies to share with one another. And then lastly, another reason why getting that formal diagnosis can be helpful is to figure out what treatment is, you know, known to help with this set of symptoms. So for example, you know, ADHD is something that has been around and I think is kind of even being more, I don't know, a term maybe more used, shall we say. And thus, if you're working with a provider or someone, they might say, oh, okay, you have ADHD. Now we can try these, you know, quote unquote, proven science-based. I, I say quote unquote, because again, I'm, I'm not an expert. I don't want to misspeak. I'm just saying, you know, they might give some reason saying now there's evidence to use like ADHD medication or to try this or that. Um, or similarly with anxiety, right? It might be now you have an anxiety diagnosis. We might be able to try these anxiety meds. And I am definitely not, you know, against medication for something. I think medications can be a great component to help. But I say all of this because ultimately, 
really like symptoms are just, they're symptoms. They're things that are happening and they're how they're working for you, for your mind, for your body. And ultimately the goal should be, you know, how do I manage these symptoms or how do I work with this so that I can still be an effective mom, so I can still be effective at work, so that I can still lead, you know, a a high quality of life. And so I think sometimes we can think a diagnosis, you know, only means, oh, great. Okay. I can try that medication now. And I just want to say that meds or something like that is just one component. As an occupational therapist, I will say that I feel like I've kind of self-treated my ADHD um, along the years, you know, throughout the years. I think there's, it's why I tended, you know, once I got my master's in occupational therapy and I started practicing, I started leaning into more continuing ed courses that talked about how do you manage, you know, your emotions? How do you regulate emotions? How do you, um, I actually took an excellent course back in 2015 and it was on how do you treat executive functioning? So individuals with ADHD can struggle with um, executive functioning, which can be anything from you might struggle with initiating tasks. So you can be a procrastinator. You might struggle with if there's a kind of a complex task or just something that's unfamiliar to you, you might struggle with like organizing it and like figuring out the pieces of, okay, what, what should I do first? Like, how do I organize this thing? So I just think, you know, I ultimately was trying to figure out ways to work with my brain, find strategies. And as an OT, I just find like there's so much value when people find out, you know, what is it that you struggle with and what are some tools and strategies that you can use to be more effective, to kind of work with it, to manage it. And it doesn't always have to be med-based. So for my own personal journey, um, certainly I feel like family would say, you know, growing up younger, I was, I mean, you know, not to toot my own home, but I was smart, but I could also be flighty. Like I totally remember growing up, um, you know, sometimes family or friends, they would kind of tease and call me like blonde because I could just, you know, for as smart as I was, sometimes I would kind of be dreamy, not paying attention. I might ask obvious questions about something that was just said. I would maybe lose focus. But for the most part, I will say, and it's it's not uncommon, um, sometimes ADHD for sure can be kind of more masked in girls. And also, um, when you have the structure of school, structure really can help and support someone with ADHD or an ADHD-like brain. When you have structure, there's rules, you know what you need to do, you know what's expected of you. There's timelines. It's just, It can be easier to kind of manage or even mask or hide your ADHD. So I feel like, you know, whatever, I kind of got through school, that was fine. And it was kind of once I got into college and later years of undergrad where things weren't always as structured or subjects that weren't easy for me and yet I had to take these these more difficult courses whether they were chem courses or whatever it was math courses things that weren't my strong point um you know I had to take level one and level two um 
in order to get my prerequisites for grad school. So basically, I couldn't just pick and choose what I was good at anymore. And I was being more challenged. And at the time, you know, back in undergrad, I really had zero vocabulary for, you know, I, I really wasn't thinking about ADHD back then, you know, like, do I have it? Do I not? I just knew I was struggling. And that was making me feel anxious. <laughs> So ultimately, um, and that's around the time, if you've listened to earlier episodes of this podcast, um, I talk a little bit about just when my mental health started to deteriorate for various reasons, and I could tell I was having more anxiety, panic attacks type things. So ultimately, I kind of started self-treating that, which I think also helped improve my ADHD-like symptoms. So early on, I really just tried to focus on making sure I got exercise in. Um, I knew I really had to be particular about my sleep. I know that, and and I know that this is for everyone. Like if you don't get sleep, you're irritable the next day and you don't feel good. But um, I do believe there's like a correlation if you have ADHD and you don't get sleep. It just, you know, it you know I say it just feels worse. I don't know. <laughs> like I really become a zombie and not a fun person to be around if I don't get sleep for one night, let alone multiple nights on end. My husband would attest to that. So anyways, like I just started really being mindful of my eating habits, my exercise and my sleep. And I will say that um, ultimately kind of being mindful of those lifestyle practices in those undergrad years um, and even like into my master's um, program were helpful in kind of managing my ADHD. And once I got into my occupational therapy career, you know, it's hard to say. I will say that I feel like I had to ultimately follow my passion, follow my heart, um, and doing what sets my soul on fire. So I believe that that had a component to why I ultimately never found, you know, true happiness or my purpose in any of my past OT jobs. But I also do believe that my my ADHD brain kind of also played a role, meaning, um, I, I mean, I've done a ton of different OT jobs. And oftentimes in jobs, if like in an OT job, if something became, if my day started to look repetitive, rote, not a ton of creativity, really predictable, I get bored fast, like super fast. I'm like, I don't know how everybody's doing this. How, like, for example... When I worked at Mayo, one of the best hospitals in the world, it was like I landed the dream job. But part of working in the acute care hospital was you would get assigned to an area in the hospital and you would either get your list or you'd pick your list of people that you were going to see on XYZ floors. You know, let's say I'm, I'm on the cardiac unit this month and you kind of pick your case. And to be honest, going to the cardiac floors or, or maybe I'm going to say ortho. Ortho is going to be a better example. Cardiac was a little more fun. Um, but when I would be assigned to the ortho floors, oftentimes it basically I knew I was going to be seeing someone post-hip surgery, maybe post-back surgery, um, whatever that was. And I always knew I was going to do X, Y, Z, and we were going to go over adaptive equipment. And it just became very predictable. And I got bored, like really bored. And I'm like, I cannot do this. Um, so again, in different ways, I just feel like my ADHD brain maybe got in the way of fine fulfillment in certain um, OT jobs that I had taken on early on in my career because of that lack of you know ability to be creative, to do different things. And ultimately, 
it's going to get us to the point in the story where I really encourage people to like with whatever you have, whatever symptoms you have, whatever diagnoses might you might have, how your brain works, like one, do the work to figure out how do you operate? Like when we become adults, it can be really helpful to just check in with yourself. How do you operate? How do you learn best? What what gets you excited? What makes you bored? Like figure out how you tick. And once you do that, it can be really helpful to either notice any maladaptive behaviors or things that you want to improve upon. But also, you know, like leaning into what are your strengths? How does your brain work? And how can you find something that you know, truly allows you to kind of lean into that. So really, I don't think I ever would have been happy staying at a career where it kind of started to look more rote and the same every single day. That was never going to bring me joy. And part of that was knowing how my brain worked. And so I guess I could have gotten frustrated that like, well, geez, I have this, you know, ADHD brain or whatever. And now I can't work at this career that pays me excellent money and it's a great job and it's great benefits and well, great, you know, like I, but I hate, I hate my job every day that I go to or whatever that is. So it was kind of knowing that that wasn't a good fit and honestly having the courage to, to hop out of that, to hop out of that and find something that worked. So That is kind of how I feel like I started realizing how my brain operates. But again, even back in 2015, 2016, so let's see, I'm really bad at math, like seven years ago, I still really wasn't like thinking, oh, I must have ADHD. That's still really, I was just like trying to figure out how my brain worked and what was going to light me up and ultimately make me happy in a career. Are you or your team looking for extra support to manage stress in 2023? Then I'm your girl. If you didn't know, I do group workshops along with public speaking presentations to help people prioritize and manage their stress. I enjoy leading interactive workshops to really help people experience and explore different mind-body tools and then give tips on how to implement and use them in real life. I also am a fellow high achiever, go-go-goer, so I like to speak to the person who often says, I don't have time for that, not right now. Um, If you're interested in learning more about booking a workshop or presentation for your group in 2023, Head to my website, mariaservice.com, and send me a message. So over the years, as I started to get more familiar with how my brain operated, I will say, you know, in the last three to four years, since I had taken more of a dive into the mental health arena, um, kind of working in those areas with my OT career, I will say that's when I maybe started to raise more awareness to, you know, one, learning more about ADHD. Because again, to be honest, I think I kind of always thought ADHD was just a kid thing or or just a boy thing, right? So anyways, I realized like, you know, anybody can have it. Girls can get it too. And, you know, just the more re- reading and learning that I did, I certainly probably started to raise awareness that like, you know, I probably have that. 
And I think, I think for me personally, I've, I don't know, like, for example, I've shared in a previous episode that I never really felt the need to go and get a formal anxiety diagnosis. Now, certainly if I probably sat in front of someone and shared all my things and the background and when I used to have panic attacks and blah, 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 um, certainly probably could I get a formal anxiety diagnosis on my, I don't know, my list. Sure, I could. I've never really felt the need to do that because I think I've figured out ways to manage it. Um, and I hadn't, you know, felt the need to try anxiety meds. And so with ADHD, that was my similar approach, meaning as I was, you know, gaining awareness to what it was and could I have that? Eh, maybe, but what's it going to do? Like, I really don't feel like trying meds. I feel like I'm self-managing pretty well. I will say for ADHD, I feel like my biggest pieces that have been most helpful for me um, have been one lifestyle changes. So as I mentioned earlier, you know, good sleep habits, um, making sure that I'm exercising more or moving my body regularly. And oh, there was one other thing. Oh, eating, you know, the more the more whole foods that I eat, the cleaner that I tend to eat. Um, I do notice that that makes a difference as well. So Anyways, I had been implementing those approaches also just with, um, as I mentioned, my OT career and needing to do continuing ed. I was gaining other information along the way on how to manage some of those executive functioning things, helping my brain think clearer, um, what, what tools and tricks can I kind of lean into. So I was doing that. And then also the emotional regulation work because I do know I really struggle or did used to really struggle with how do I manage big emotions? Um, and to be honest, that could be a whole a whole episode in and of itself because you don't have to have ADHD to struggle with that. I think many of us as adults can struggle with how do I manage big emotions, especially as an adult. Um, and maybe at one point you learned how to like stuff that down, make it smaller, uh, and it doesn't work. It totally catches up to you. But but anyways, um, so I'd been self managing, and I really didn't think I needed that diagnosis. And it wasn't until I took the leap to honestly finally follow my heart and start a business. And I started juggling a lot of plates. Oh, and I will say that's one of the things that really helped manage my ADHD was making another lifestyle adjustment was that I knew I craved structure and routine. And so, you know, for the most part in previous careers and things like that, I really leaned heavily into, you know, having a structure, having a routine. I knew what my day looked like at work, et cetera. So that was all helpful. So then when I leapt into business and I started my own business um, in April of 2021, I found um, on the one hand, my ADHD brain loved a variety. It loved that I had the power and control to really like, you know, do my schedule in my way. And when I decided to leap into business, I was still working a part-time job. So that provided some structure. Like I had to be at my part-time job on you know, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So then I knew I could do my business on the other days. But outside of that, the new model of having my own business and having a part-time job and <laughs> I'll be honest, like, and also probably having two or three other side gigs. I, you know, early on, I still was working, helping out with the University of Minnesota a little bit, helping out doing OT on the weekends at a local, like, um, nursing home rehab center. So anyways, I knew I was adding on more plates, plates to my schedule, plates that I was juggling. Maybe it's balls that I was juggling, plates that I was spinning in the air, whatever. 
And that's when my ADHD symptoms really ramped up. There wasn't as much structure. There wasn't as much routine. Also, because I was juggling so many plates and coming out of COVID, I had let my gym membership, you know, kind of seize up. So there was a time where I wasn't working out as much. So I'd lost that staple. So all of these different things that I'd kind of done to help manage my ADHD symptoms were kind of falling apart. And I knew even though there was a part of me that kind of wanted to run back to structure and routine, right? So certainly, you know, a few months into like starting my business, I was like, you know, maybe I should just go back to a full-time career. I might get bored. I might not love it, but it would be structure and, and stability and all of that. But I didn't. But with that said, I knew that I wasn't really going to be able to change that variable in my life. I knew that as long as I was just in these early years of starting a business, there would be less structure. I would be managing a few more plates on my schedule than normal. That's kind of when I really said to myself, okay, I think I have ADHD. I think I want to try a different tool or something else to see if that will help me get through this season. So I found a local place in town um, here in Southeast Minnesota And ultimately, you know, through X amount of sessions, going back and forth, doing assessment, you know, I got the formal ADHD diagnosis. I tried medications. Um, And and again, I'm I'm not saying I'm against medications. What I found was that the ADHD meds weren't for me. With that said, I know some other colleagues of mine, other women, um, busy, on-the-go, fast-paced women that also got ADHD diagnoses later in life. And they found the medication to be so tremendously helpful and it's truly what they needed. One thing I will say is I did notice when I was taking the ADHD medication, it definitely did calm my nervous system in a way that I really hadn't experienced any, you know, before. Um, And it's just really hard to describe, but, you know, I will say I, I do feel like they, you know, they changed something. They did help with brain chemistry or whatever that is. Um, however, the one thing that is known oftentimes about different ADHD meds, and I did try different doses, different, um, what do you call it, brands or whatnot, but, um, it can impact, uh, what's the word? Appetite. And to be honest, I know, I think some women or some people like that because it can actually kind of stave off your appetite. So people can lose weight while they're taking it because they don't have that huge urge to eat as much. Now, what I had found is that through my work, my self-work over the years, is that I had really become attuned to my body's signals to like hunger. Do I need to eat? Or am I just thirsty? Or am I full? Like I had worked really hard to kind of recreate that mind-body connection um, to cue me when I needed to eat and whatnot. And so losing that while being on the meds was not worth it for me. Meaning I could be on my ADHD meds, whichever brand, whichever dose, and really ultimately I wouldn't even feel a sensation for hunger until four or five o'clock in the afternoon. And and yet I knew I needed to eat prior to that. I knew I like wouldn't couldn't last a day, you know, not eating anything until four or five. So I knew I had to override my lack of hunger and still kind of force myself to eat to make it work for me. And that just didn't jive for me. So again, that was just my experience. And ultimately, I decided to come off the 
um, come off those meds, the ADHD meds. And again, I really had to reevaluate and make some other lifestyle modifications. So I did have to start, you know, saying no to a few plates or things or responsibilities. I had to start really being cognizant of as a business owner, looking at my calendar and figuring out how many things can I really, you know, cram in or not cram in for my what I needed. Um, I also recently, you know, joined a gym again so that I can get more structured routine exercise, which I know also helps me manage my ADHD. Um, And then along with that, I'm on just, you know, I went to the doctor, a holistic wellness provider here in the area and just got in some different supplements. Um, So I take a super B complex. I take a vitamin D. I take can't remember. I thought there was one more. But anyways, I just like kind of reevaluated my supplements. And I do a lot of grounding practices to calm and regulate my nervous system. Uh, and that's that's kind of what I do in my coaching and group workshops is leaning into these you know moves that help me regulate and calm. So that was my journey. And I know that was long. I so appreciate you being here to listen. And ultimately, if you yourself either you know you have ADHD Or you would say you have ADHD-like brain, which just means like maybe you're someone who you feel like you always have a hundred tabs open in your mind and you're busy, busy, and it's always going. A couple other tips um, is one, again, as I mentioned earlier, work, um, learn how to work with your brain. And I'm not saying that that doesn't mean that you can't have growth and expect some changes, but also it's okay to like lean into acceptance of this is how my brain works or this is how I operate. How can I lean into my strengths? That's okay. Also learn how to calm the chaos. So again, I always, I think I've said this too in the past, I really don't ever expect to turn someone who's kind of like type A, busy, go, go, go into a type B person. (laughs) That's not the point. I don't, I'm not saying like you really need to be as chill or as cool as a cucumber. However, notice when your busyness, whether in your mind, in your routines, notice when it is starting to cause increased stress, irritability, and learn how to calm the chaos. We all need tools on how to calm the chaos or to close some of those tabs. So maybe it's breathing. You know, tools that I lean into are breathing, specifically with my essential oils, grounding my body, cleaner eating. So just remember um, that you can lean into those tools to help. Also, structure can be helpful and having accountability. So I know with ADHD, I can want to spin in a hundred different directions. And I sometimes need an account, someone to hold me accountable to help remind me, I don't need to run in a hundred directions. Can I like narrow it down to three? (laughs) So I hope some of these tips are helpful. Drop a comment below. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend who maybe needs to hear this too. And I hope you have an awesome day. Well, thank you for joining me on today's episode. I super appreciate you being here. I love connecting and spending time with you. FYI, this podcast comes out with new episodes every Friday. And who knows, every now and then I might throw in a bonus. If you have a moment, take a minute to leave me a review. Let me know what you loved about the episode. Give me some suggestions on what more you'd like to hear. And hit the subscribe button. Have an awesome day.